Welcome back to the Get Coaching Podcast. Super excited to be back here with you. As of this week, I am recording again. I have so many episodes that are waiting to be edited and published. So season three of the Get Coaching Podcast is absolutely underway. I have the most next level guests, seriously. Incredible, successful, six-figure, seven-figure coaches coming on board all very much conscious leaders. I'm looking forward to hearing more about their origin stories, listening to the value that they have to share, and it's going to be incredible. So please make sure that you have subscribed to this podcast because there is some juicy, juicy content about to be dropped. Now, in this episode, I wanted to speak into origin stories. I want to speak into my real world leadership training. And what do I mean by that? I believe that everyone has real world leadership training. So this is when we have opportunities, we're being initiated through literally experiences in our life, whatever that looks like. It could be in the workplace, it could be in your relationship, it could literally be somewhere around strangers. It could have been experiences that you've had uh, as a child. Every single one of those experiences, I'm, I'm calling these real world experiences. And for me, every single one of those real world experiences has delivered real world leadership training, right? So this is when you haven't gone into a training session, you you don't have a mentor, but there are moments where you are being called into expansion. And the question is, are you paying attention? Now, people often ask me this question. They say, it's easy for you. I don't know how you do it. They have these perceptions that I just woke up resilient. (laughs) And that is not true. That is really not true. There was a lot of obstacles that I had to personally overcome and there are many of them and I'm going to share some of those with you in this episode. Some of them are quite vulnerable for me and I share them because I know that it will offer value and I'm sure that there are people listening to this that are going to really resonate and I hope that it inspires you and encourages you to know that you are stronger than you know, that you are resilient, that you are powerful beyond measure and that the experiences that you have gone through in your life have been there to help your soul elevate no matter how difficult those experiences were. And that can be a little bit of a difficult concept to comprehend when you first hear it. But nonetheless, I'm going to continue on. So how did I become this resilient? Now, I'm going to go back five and a half years ago, five and a half years ago. So I gave birth to my daughter, my first child in 2015, beautiful Ava, July 2015. And then six weeks later, six weeks later, I had an incredible significant event occur in my life 
where someone that I love brutally attacked and murdered someone that I loved. Now, to give you more detail on this, the perpetrator was my brother. I have two younger brothers. And the person who lost their life, their life was taken, was his partner, the daughter of his child, and someone who I deeply loved. And, you know, there's this saying where you don't know what you have until it's gone. And a part of me is a little bit ashamed to to admit this, but I realized in, in that moment, wow, I didn't realize how much I deeply loved and respected this gorgeous human being who was a sister to me. And when someone that you love kills someone that you love, there is a great deal of conflict on an emotional level so not only are you grieving the fact that you have lost someone that you know you're angry you're also then going to have a look at the fact that someone you loved did those actions so what does that mean how do I move forward now basically everything that I knew to be true in my life was completely turned upside down from that moment, I was met with uh, an opportunity to expand and understand what love means, what resilience means. And I was very confused to begin with. Uh, when this incident happened, it was very highly publicized. It still is in the media sometimes. I, my first initial thought when this happened was, and I want to be really transparent and honest with you in this episode, my first, my first reaction was because my brother had also attempted to take his own life after he had attacked, attacked this beautiful soul whose name is Tara. And my first reaction was, I hope he dies. I hope he dies. That was my first thought. I hope he dies. I was really angry. And then a few days later, as my emotions began to, they weren't neutralizing, but as I began to sit with them a bit more, I realized, well, no, that's not actually what I desire, but I'm I just don't think I can continue to have a relationship with my brother after this. And people talk a lot about cancel culture and that's basically what I wanted to do. I wanted to cancel my relationship, my sibling uh, connection to my brother because I was just disgusted and I was ashamed and I was angry. I was so so angry and under anger is sadness and once I was past being angry I was sad 
It was so sad. And many people are still to this day so sad because it's something that we wish never happened. And it's not fair. So in this moment, I am literally just became a mother six weeks prior and I had to take my daughter to I had to take my daughter to the doctors for her six week checkup even though this had happened and I went to the doctors and this is my first experience that I had I had my very first experience of someone projecting shame onto me because of the actions of someone that I'm related to and this is this is the beginning of me developing resilience to the highest level and to be able to witness and still choose love in all moments so I went to the doctors for my to do to take my daughter for her six-week checkup and my doctor knew my maiden name And she said, you're not related to that guy who did that thing, are you? Because you have the same last name. And my body was so contracted and just flooded with emotion and sadness. And I literally, in that moment, in that consultation room at the doctor's, I just broke down. Because I didn't feel that I was entitled to show emotions around being sad about it in front of others. So whilst this was going on, I thought, I I don't deserve, I am not deserving of grief because I am on the bad side. So if I'm on the bad side because I'm related to the bad person, then I must be bad. And we all do this through life. If we are related to, especially if, you know, if you have parents or perhaps would fall into this category of bad uh, or wrong, then we feel really ashamed and we believe that, oh, well, we come from that, so we must be that. So for me, this was really around my brother, right? I was just filled with with shame and I thought wow maybe I'm a bad person this was truly because in such a vulnerable state I began to cultivate these limiting and negative beliefs these toxic beliefs that perhaps I'm bad I definitely don't deserve to be happy I need to punish myself I do not I'm not entitled uh, to enjoy motherhood and that was something that happened I didn't allow myself to really embrace the joys of motherhood. And the first two years of motherhood were a blur. They were completely numb. There wasn't a great deal of joy. I was just simply existing. And I did not allow myself to feel the fullness of what it means to be a mother, to step into my maternal leadership, to fully love and appreciate my children and why is that because I felt that I needed to punish myself this was obviously something that I'd made up into my own head okay this is something that 
Nobody projected this onto me and told me that this is how I had to feel, but this is how limiting beliefs work. We are met with a traumatic experience. We're trying to seek understanding and comprehension and whatever falls first is how we move forward. And this is how I initially moved forward. So I went to the doctors to take my daughter for her six-week checkup. Oh, you're not related to that person, are you? Yes, I am related to that person. I then was constantly bombarded on social media by people sending me messages. I um, was too afraid to watch the news because it was on the news constantly. And I know people were experiencing this as well it was re-traumatizing and there were other things that occurred where I was literally there was one point where I was actually chased down the street uh, by a camera crew by a news crew and it's like what the hell I don't I didn't do anything wrong here I'm hurting too and there were so many little events like this that, that happened. And I got to a point where I had to really ask myself, what do I know to be true? What am I choosing? Who am I choosing to become? And it took me some time to sit with that because I had to really look at myself and I had to really look at everything that I knew to be true and to understand and unpack and unlearn and to be brave and courageous because that's what resilience is. Resilience is courage and acceptance in motion. So then one day... I had finally built up the courage to go into public and have a coffee and I hadn't had the courage for so long to do that because I was afraid of saying anything or I had this paranoia that people were looking at me and saying, oh, you're, you're the sister of the murderer. You are the sister of the murderer. You are Lionel's sister. And I would actually attend events or when I would finally, you know, have the courage. It was a big deal for me to step out and to do things. And people would say to me, are you Lionel's sister? And I had to really sit with how do I wish to respond to this? And how I do respond to it is, yes, I am Lionel's sister. I am also, and I'll go through and explain who I am because I am my own person. I am not my brother and I'm a person who chooses love over fear in all moments and that was something that dropped so strongly for me and as I lent into choosing that, what does it mean to choose love over fear? What does that mean? What does that look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? I realized that that meant that I didn't have to choose a side. I didn't have to be good or bad. I could actually just be in my state of love. 
and that I could choose to be the exception, that I could choose to say, I'm not okay with what happened. I'm not okay with that behavior. I'm not okay. I have to accept what has happened, but I am not okay with it. I do not tolerate that. I'm not a stand for that. And to be really clear with that and to be clear in saying that to my own family and including my brother. And for most of the time, what choosing love looks like, choosing love is really witnessing what is, noticing that when people are projecting things onto me, that it actually belongs to them and it's coming from a place of fear and hurt, their own grief and hurt, and it has nothing to do with me. But I have the choice to hold that person in love, even if they decide to take their anger out on me. I get to know that it's not about me. That was something that I had to consciously choose and develop that muscle. So that is a few ways how I have developed resilience. Being a parent, being a parent of young children, I think two under two was already enough. I have, if you don't know, four children aged five and under. Ava's almost six, so it'll be six and under soon. So I gave birth five time, uh, sorry, four times in a period of five years. And pregnancy, recovery, I had three cesareans out of the four pregnancies. Uh, sleep deprivation, all of these things were also what I would call real-world leadership training. And for me to show up online, to show up here on the podcast, to show up anywhere at an event, to allow myself to be seen, one thing I had to overcome was people calling me Lionel's sister, people calling me and saying, you're not deserving of, of being in a state of, or position of leadership because you belong to that side. And I want to be really, really clear that there is good and there is bad, but the side that I choose is love. I will always choose the side of love. Now, how that plays out in my relationship with my brother currently is that looks like loving him from afar, really limiting my time. And that doesn't mean that I don't love him. I do love him but I choose to love him from afar. Everything is a choice. And I get to hold myself in the acceptance of that and be a sovereign leader. And then there were more things that occurred post that time. Having uh, you know, two more people in my life after, after that incident, having two more people attempt to take their lives in my life and one was successful and the one that was not successful which I'm so grateful that they were not successful this is how it went down that person walked into my house and said I just tried to take my life and you can imagine someone that you love deeply walking up to you and saying that 
you know, this is one of the reasons why I am so passionate about cutting the suicide rate by 50% by 2025. And I think everything that I've experienced and witnessed in my life also comes from even with my brother. It's not that he was violent. It's not that he is a criminal. The issue was that he didn't know, he had no emotional intelligence. He didn't know how to express himself and that was the problem. And because he was unable to express himself in a healthy way, it manifested into absolute destruction. And that was something that is a path that he chose. He chose that. Everything's a choice. He chose that. So I believe that resilience requires courage. It requires getting really clear on what you're a stand for. It requires on choosing love. It requires you to choose love in all moments. Now, some people are going to listen to this and you may feel triggered. You may not agree. You may feel angry. You may feel sad. You may really resonate and this may inspire you. I just want to share with you that this has been a part of my real world leadership training and I'm committed until my last breath to have a positive impact on the world because that's what I choose and I will always choose to show up in love and I will always choose resilience. Now there are more layers to my story, <laughs> literally can't make this stuff up and I'm just going to leave you with that today. I will share more reflections on my real world leadership training as we go on. If you have any reflections or comments about this, I encourage you to connect with me on social media. You can email me as well, hello at jessicapalmer.co. And I thank you for listening to this because it's not really something that is easy to listen to. But I want you to know that I am evidence of the truth that you can choose love, that you can be resilient, that you don't have to divorce yourself. Every aspect of you doesn't need to be fractured in order to please and meet the perceptions of society. You get to pave your own way in love and resilience and leadership. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Get Coaching Podcast.